your breast. That's how we come alive. That's how we change our world. Lord, we ask that you breathe on us this morning. Come by your spirit. Holy Ghost, glorify Jesus in this place. Holy Ghost, break out in this place. your people oh God out of the abundance that you have planted and put on my inside help me to speak this morning as an oracle of yours and let Jesus alone be glorified in Jesus name we have prayed praise God can we put our hands together for God as we take our seats I want to appreciate um, the Almighty God for this opportunity and for the leadership of the house. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, okay, so we started um, a series last week. Who can remind us? I'm sure we all know it. Word of Knowledge Part 1. And I actually think that it was by a word of knowledge that I'm here this morning. Because the person who took part one was meant to take part two. And, of course, he couldn't make it. And just after the service yesterday, I mean, sorry, last week, my husband just said, I have a feeling that you're the one that's supposed to take part two. So I want to believe God is already confirming um, um, that arrangement. I give God the praise. So we learned last week that the word of knowledge is God releasing a fraction of his knowledge. You know, the, the foundation that was laid is the fact that God is the custodian of all knowledge. There is nothing that is outside of his scope. There is nothing that he doesn't know. He knows the past, he knows the present, he knows the future. And, I mean, knowledge is, I mean, the part of the knowledge that is within his exclusive preserve, he chooses to release it unto us. He chooses to um, open us up, give us snapshots, give us snippets of the, the magnitude of the knowledge that is within his possession. So that's a huge privilege, a huge privilege that God has given us. Can we just go over um, 1 Corinthians 12 again? Just to refresh our memory and I'll just also be picking out a few points that um, the Spirit of God dropped upon my heart. I'll just um, run through probably not all the verses but um, some areas. So he says from verse 1, he says um I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says about spiritual gifts 
um, special endowments of spiritual energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. I'll skip verse 2. I'll go to verse 3. It says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Ghost can ever say Jesus be cursed. And my emphasis is on the second part of verse 3 that says no one really no one can really say Jesus is my Lord except by and under and under the power except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. So what that means is that for everyone who has submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, for everyone who has um, surrendered their lives to Jesus, you have a fraction, you have a measure of the Spirit of God in you already because the ability to say Jesus is Lord, the ability to say Jesus is my Lord comes from the Spirit. So it means that every one of us have potentials to carry um, the gifts of the Spirit. Praise the Lord. I don't know if we understand that, do we? I mean, are, we, are you with me to that point? So you need, the fact that you are able to say Jesus is your Lord already shows that there's a deposit of the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit in you already. Then um, verse 4 says there are distinctive varieties and distributions of gifts. It says there are extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Ghost and they vary but the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit remains the same. It means that the Holy Spirit is the one who supplies, who inspires, who energizes us with these gifts. Then verse 4 says, oh sorry, I just read verse 4. Verse 5 says, there are distinctive varieties of service and ministration, but it's the same Lord who is served. Verse 6, and there are distinctive varieties of operation, of working to accomplish things, but it's the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. So that's still bustressing the point that all of these gifts are from the Holy Ghost, from the Holy Spirit. It says, to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. To each one of us, to you, to you, to you, to me, is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and for profit. So to each one of us, the Holy Spirit on our inside wants to be made manifest. The Holy Spirit wants evidence on the outside that is within us. I don't know if we understand that. The Holy Ghost wants it to be obvious that he's within us. He doesn't just want our lives to be dry and, you know, just like that. There has to be an evidence of what is on your inside, that the Spirit of God is on your inside. And he says it is for good and for profit. So it is for your good first and it's for, you, for the good of other people. And it's for profiting, to profit the body. Praise God. And then verse 8, which is the main verse talking about the word of knowledge. It says to one is given and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom. That's the word of wisdom. And to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same spirit. So the Holy Spirit 
energizes us, empowers us, gives us a, a snapshot, a, a fraction of his wisdom. He allows us to express it so that it is obvious that he's on our inside. I'll read verse from verse 11 now. It says, these gifts, these achievements, these abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. So the Holy Ghost chooses who to apportion these gifts to. So from verse 14, we're talking about the body of Christ, that everyone is important in the body of Christ. It talks about um, the eyes, the ears. I, I mean, we know that the body has so many parts. What part of the body do we think is useless? Is there any part of our body that is, any part of your body you know is totally useless? God didn't, I mean, God probably was not thinking when he put that part in your body. Is there anyone? Is there any part of the body? Please now, I'd appreciate your feedback. No. And it's just the same way that every one of us, being a part of the body of Christ, we have something to contribute. We are not just born-again Christians just to add to the number of people that will get to heaven. There's a reason why God saved your soul and he wants, he wants it to be made manifest. He wants the Holy Ghost to bring forth and exhibit these things in us. Praise the Lord. So there's so many I mean, ways that the word, of, the word of knowledge can be made manifest. There are like channels through which God can make known this fraction of his um, knowledge. Sometimes they come through dreams. So you can just have a dream that, is, that answers a question in your heart. That's a word of knowledge. You can have a dream about somebody that you may not even understand what it is, but when you tell the person, the person can relate, the person can understand. It can come through an impression. You just, you just know. You don't know how you know, but you know that you know. That's there's, there's, um, a word in your spirit that God will have to, you to give someone or probably for yourself as well. Then it could come through visions, um, a vision is like, like there's a screen open in front of you and you can see like things playing out, you know, or a trance, probably you're praying and I don't know how many of us it has happened to that you're praying and you know that you're not sleeping, but within like you just, you just doze off within two minutes, one, two minutes and God plays something in your spirit. That is, those are the workings of the spirit, how God, um, communicates his knowledge to us by his spirit, through the word of knowledge. And some people see things, some people hear things, some people have a feeling. Um, that's basically all, some of the ways that God communicates his heart to us. And let me just quickly share um, one of the times that God communicated a word of knowledge to me. Um, this was like like the first of, you know, sometimes, you know, things that are first, they are very significant to you, may not ever forget them. You know, so um, at this time in my life, I was, um, 
I had a matter that I was working on um, as a lawyer, and I had gone to a senior colleague, somebody who was probably approaching 70, accomplished in the legal profession, rich as well. And I just went to him and I said, sir, um, I have this challenge. I'd appreciate it if you could put me through. And he gave me counsel, but that counsel set me back because he was like, um, to win this case, you have to do this. You have to, apparently, to lie. And it was because if you want to file a matter in court, you need to support it with an affidavit. So he said, I need to depose to an affidavit. Kede, can you help us with what it means to depose to an affidavit? Exactly. You are swearing, you are taking an oath. Because at the end of the, the last paragraph, you say, I swear to this affidavit. I make this oath. So I'm going to make an oath on something that I know is falsehood. And that just unsettled me. I left that meeting. I thanked him. I left. And I was like, there has to be. I mean, is this how everybody that gets ahead in the legal profession does it? I mean, do we have to? Is this the only way? And you know, the truth is that the reason why we make so many mistakes and do so many things is because we, we think that the only way is the way we know. But there is a way, the way of the Lord. There's a way that God knows. There's a way that nobody knows, but he's not hidden from God. So that day, um, I went home. And um, like a few weeks to that time, I had uh, listened to a message. And it had, um, it had spurred me on. And I started um, praying the Holy Ghost as the man of God admonished us. He said we should be praying in the Holy Ghost at least one, one hour per day. And then I, I'm not saying that we should start from one hour. I mean, from, based on where you are, you may need to start from 10 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, three hours, you know, and so on and so forth. So I had started doing that, and I slept. Sorry, please, I, don't, I actually didn't keep track of time, so if you could just let me know. All right. So I slept that day, still worried. This was like some years ago, probably five, six, seven years. And um, in my spirit... From my dream, I heard the word subterfuge. This was the first time I would hear that. I never knew that any dictionary word obtains like that. And I heard the word subterfuge. And I was still, sometimes I can be a very bad sleeper, such that for you to wake me up can be really terrible. So the Holy Ghost put that in my spirit. I still didn't get up. But the Holy Ghost intermittently in my spirit kept reminding me of that word. That as I got up, I picked my phone and I typed subterfuge. It was, it was interesting that I did not even miss the spelling, a word that I had not heard ever. And I typed subterfuge, I checked Google, and guess what Google said? Using deceit to achieve your aim. Is God not just, is God not awesome? Ah. See, my people, this God... If you are ignoring God, if you are not working with God, there's an advantage you are missing. You don't understand. If all you are, if all there is to you, no matter what you have, this, this wisdom, this knowledge, they are supernatural. So you may have natural learning. You may have gone to Harvard. You may have... But then if there's no super to your natural, hello, you, you, are, you are not there yet. 
And of course, I, I picked the, um, the phone, I googled stuff. And do you know that, what do you think will have happened? That was the solution to the problem. I mean, I did not still know what exactly to do, but I knew that that way was not the way. Because God supremely, supernaturally had told me, Madam, you are just, you know, it's just a pity how we want to go around life wanting to do it our way, wanting to go because we think we are smart. But then, is it not amazing that there's somebody, a help that the almighty God gave to you? And you think, I can do life without this help. If the almighty God, the all-knowing one, gave this help to journey through life with you, do you think he doesn't know what he's doing? Hmm. So, and you know some of the things that, some of the benefits that, um, oh yes, yeah, so um, as a conclusion to that, I actually um, went to another senior colleague and we didn't have to lie, we didn't have to, and then we found the matter and the rest is history. So there is a higher way, there is a better way, the way of the spirit. The Holy Ghost knows it. He is the custodian of the, of the knowledge of God and is, able to, is willing and able to release it to us. Praise God. And do we, do we know that every challenge we face is a knowledge challenge? 80, 90% of the challenges we face is a knowledge challenge because we do not know what to do. Sometimes we know what to do. We don't know how to do it. Sometimes we know how to do it. We don't know when. We don't know where. We don't know how. The Holy Ghost can fill those gaps. He can. I mean, is oh, Holy Ghost, you are amazing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And you know, um, sometimes, you know, you probably ask yourself, Holy Ghost, how are you able to do this? How are you able to reveal these things to me? Says, Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. That the Holy Ghost has the answers. Can we please project a um, message version? Do we have the message version? Okay, we don't have the message version. Can, can someone read the message version, please? Chapter 2, verse 9. Is anyone there? Tosh, please, how many more minutes do I have? We're almost, well, we're almost out of time. So, please, is anyone there so we can run, please? First Corinthians 2. Yes, please. Please read. Yes, Sorry, can you start from the place that says, okay, let me just read, please. Um, it says, oh, sorry, please. Verse 9, it says, um, God's wisdom is something mysterious that's go, that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. You do not find it lying around on the surface. 
it's not the latest message. It's more like the oldest. Okay, sorry, I'm not there yet. This is where I'm going to. He says, no one has ever seen or heard anything like this. Not, never so much as imagined quite anything like this. What God has arranged for those who love him. How many of us love him? So God says, it has not been seen, it has not been heard, it has not been imagined what he has for you. But guess what he says? You have seen and heard it because God, by his spirit, has brought it all out into the open before you. He says, the spirit, not content to flit around the surface, dives into the depths of God. The Holy Ghost dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. And he says, whoever knows what you are thinking or planning, accept yourself. The same with God. Except he, except that he, he not only knows what he is thinking. That means the Spirit of God knows what God is thinking, but he also lets us in on it. The Spirit of God knows what God is thinking. And the Spirit of God, beyond just knowing, brings us into that knowledge. He says, um, we do not have to rely on the world's guesses or opinions. The reason why we're making so many mistakes, the reason why we're hitting brick walls, crossroads, um, challenges, is because we are relying on the world's guesses and opinions. The world is telling us it's this way or no other way. But it says, okay, we didn't learn this by reading books or going to school, meaning that your earthly knowledge cannot provide all of the things you need for life according to God's order. We learnt it from God who taught us person to person through Jesus and we are passing it on to you in the same first-hand personal way. It says the unspiritual self, just as it is by nature, cannot receive the gift of God's spirit. So that's why it's for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says they don't have capacity to receive the things of God's spirit. They seem like so much silliness but this is where I'm going. It says, spirit can be known only by spirit. God's spirit and our spirit in open, open communion. Spiritually alive, we have access to everything God is doing. I don't know if that makes sense to us. It says, God's spirit and my spirit, because he already told us that the, the spirit of God dives down, digs deep to receive things from God. And he says, so when our spirit and God's spirit has communion, has koinonia, we are able to have access to strange things. And so just in case you are thinking, am I in ministry now? Because you know, the, our understanding of word of knowledge is when somebody says, there's somebody here, you are sick in the body. Yes, that's a part of the word of knowledge. But it's not just for, it is it is God's gift to us to enable us to be effective in life. To enable the body to be effective. So imagine that everybody in this place is operating in one spiritual gift of the, or the other. Uh, we will not have chairs to fill, to fill people coming in. Because we are an effective church. Because we are a church that knows the mind of Christ. We are a church that understands what God is doing. Hallelujah. So like I was saying, it's not just for ministers, it's not just for those who are into ministry. Even in your workplace, you need, you need um, the, the word of knowledge, like I just shared. You know, if all you have is 
what every other person brings to the workplace. Your intelligence, your... And then, what distinguishes you? What, what is the... What sets you out from other people? There has to be an extra that only the Spirit of God can reveal to us. So, I, I remember, I mean, a particular time, um, there's this client that I was working with, I, I knew that he had been struggling in business, but I didn't know the extent of the struggle. So there was a particular day, I mean, one of the ways, the major way that the Holy Ghost reveals word of knowledge to me is through dreams. Sometimes it drops something in my heart, but um, majorly through dreams. And so I dreamt that he was working at a machine. He doesn't do anything machines, though, but I dreamt that he was working on a machine. And it was, as he tried, the more he tried, the more he kept, the machine kept breaking down. He wasn't making any success of it. But there was a point where he felt like he wanted to give up. That this will not work. At that point, the machine started to work and bring so I mean, output, productivity, and everything. And so, you know, sometimes someone like me, I just I don't want to rock the boat. I just want to be day my day. You know, so it was like a struggle, but I just told him, um, there's something that I that came to my heart, and I just wanted to ask you that. So I explained the dream to him and I, and I said, Does this make sense to you? He said, I understand everything you have said. He said, my business, I'm just making losses. I'm, everything I'm putting in, it appears that I'm making losses the more I try. And he said, as it is now, I want to shut it all down and travel abroad. Interestingly, he's actually a citizen abroad. So it was easier for him to shut it down and travel. That's part of the that's what a natural knowledge will tell you. I can't do it. I have tried 10, 10 years, 8 years. I beg, maybe this entrepreneurship thing is not for me. But at that point where he was to make that decision, the Spirit of God revealed a part of his knowledge. And so I told him, and he said, I actually want to pack it all up and travel. So I now told him, you may need to rethink this again. And he, he still traveled, but he didn't shut down the business. He, he got the, the, the staff were still working, and he was still from where he was, he was still trying to get them to do the things that needed to be done. Do you know that three, about three months after that, um, he got partners, investors from abroad, from the abroad. And they invested tens of millions of naira into his business. So he did not lose the business. He's still a part owner of the business. The business is still running. The people that were working, they are still working. And he's still, you know, he's, so the Holy Ghost is able to help us have a win, 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 win. So when we choose to live life without the Holy Ghost, we are losing so much. You know, interestingly, I was just telling my children something similar to this yesterday. And I said, it's like you are in a house and you are living with maybe husband or wife or, or friends. And you know that this person the brain is very correct. This is my partner. He has, he knows it. He knows everything. There's nothing I need that he doesn't know. There's nothing I have, I want that he doesn't have. He has the resources. He has the wisdom. He has the knowledge. He has the know-how. He knows everybody. He knows the hearts of men. And you now need something. And you say, Abeg, sit down there. You wait. I beg, you don't know what's raining. And then you go out and start disturbing yourself to say, I need this can help me. Meanwhile, the person who can help you is just by your side. 
So we cannot overemphasize the need to take advantage of the of the of the the help of the spirit. So one of the things that the spirit of God does is to give us clarity, to give us direction. Sometimes you are praying about something and you are not sure the way to go and somebody gives you a word of knowledge and that's why every one of us here we need to we need to come up higher so that not just it's not just about me i can be a blessing to somebody around me you know some some like some days ago i was um there's a colleague that just resumed in my office just about two months ago and um she was doing something on her computer i needed to look at it so i just i left my seat i went to her computer she was sitting beside me and I was, uh, as I was working on the computer, the Spirit of God just told me um, she wants to travel. She's planning to travel. Ask her about it. I said, ah, Holy Ghost. And you know, there's a way to, we don't have to say God is saying, the Spirit of God said, no. There are ways to go about this. And I just said, oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Are you planning to travel anytime soon? She looked at me wide-eyed because she's just been working with me two months. We've not even had any close-knit um, discussions. And she was like, I said, why are you, what happened? Why are you looking at me? She said, I'm looking at you because I've not told you anything. She said, like last month, my dad reminded me, I've had this plan. My dad reminded me, what about your masters abroad? And she was like, there's no money. Let her not even disturb herself. And she said, the previous Sunday, her pastor in church said, your plans to travel, go and revisit it. And imagine that in the course of the week, I told her the same thing. Do you think she would have clarity about that issue or not? So there's so much embedded in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gives us clarity. And then another thing the word, word of knowledge does is to give us, is to, is to boost our faith. So imagine that, that my colleague did not... Um, I mean, she wasn't, she, she didn't know how to go about it. I'm sure God had given her one more reason to go ahead with that application. God has boosted her faith that you don't know how it is, but start, I'm able to help you. So, that's part of the things that the, the word of knowledge does for us. And then it also gives faith for healing. It gives faith for healing. Faith for healing. So, um, probably maybe somebody's ill and a word of knowledge comes that oh there's this case this situation that person receives some level of the faith in the heart of the person increases and so i've said so much um let me just quickly go to um this part where how to cultivate um cultivate the gift of word of knowledge because if you hear everything and you're not able to walk in it then um, I probably may have not achieved anything here. So let's please quickly go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. The Amplified Version says, earnestly, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces. Earnestly desire, zealously cultivate the best gifts. So what that means is there has to be an intentionality on our part. We have to be intentional. We do not just stumble on it. 
we don't just stumble on it. There has to be, we have to be intentional about, about cultivating our walk with God. You know, like I said earlier, that, um, I said earlier that um, one of the things that helped me when I had that first experience was the fact that I began to cultivate the habit of praying in the Holy Ghost every day. Whether I felt like it or not, I will, I will wake up, I will pray. Minimum one hour. And so if you are able to start from where you are and, and, and begin to increase in the things of God, imagine that, you know, we said these gifts, who is the giver of these gifts? Yes, it's God, but the exact person, the Holy Spirit. So imagine that in just the natural realm, there's a friend of yours that has a gift, has a rich treasury of gifts, and you need those gifts. What do you do? You get close to the person. How close are you to the Holy Ghost? As a matter of fact, I heard somebody say something to me, um, some, I mean, a message that I heard. The person said, if, if somebody else, a third party, knows your problem, your challenge, what you need before you tell it to God, then go, you make God jealous. Because he's the one who has the capacity to help you. So why not? You know, the, the time that we get to run around chasing people to help us, chasing people to do something for us, why don't we just sit with the Holy Ghost? Why don't we just wait on him? Instead of, you know, you go, to, go to somebody's office, the person is not around, he has gone out for a meeting, he's in a meeting, wait two hours, that two hours, log it in with God. You will, you will make more mileage. So, I, I just, um, I think, basically, we just need to round off now. And so, another thing that we need to do is um, to walk in love, because this flows from a heart of compassion. The Holy Ghost knows us. God knows us in and out. So God needs to search our hearts to see that we have enough compassion in our heart for us, for him to re release these things unto us. If, we, if there's no compassion in our hearts, if it's just about me, myself, and I, and I can get by, then there's no reason for the Holy Ghost to release those things unto us. Remember in the Bible, when Jesus healed people, the, the Bible always say, um, he had compassion on them. By the reason of that compassion, grace to heal came. So by the reason of the compassion in our heart, we need to, even if you think about everybody in this house that needs one thing or the other, if that alone drives you to God, to say, God, endow me with the gift of the Spirit, then we are going to be an asset to the kingdom of God. So God needs us to have a heart of compassion. And, you know, talking about when we have needs. The reason why we go to people and they're not able to help us is because God has not put it on their heart to help us. Nothing happens naturally. So, like I said, that time that we're running around, oh, maybe it's this rich man. Maybe it's this boyfriend. Maybe it's that man. Maybe it's this. Can we just ask? The Holy Ghost is able to tell us who. Even if he wants you to go and meet somebody, he will tell you how. He will tell you who. He will tell you maybe there's something. Uh, do you know that I, I actually listened to a message of people that became noble uh, prize winners by reason of the gift of word of knowledge. So it's not just for spiritual things, for physical things as well. The Holy Ghost can inspire you, can put an idea in your mind. You know, so um, I remember like um, many years ago, 
there was at, at this time um, there was no online banking and all. So I I had this dream where um, I saw one somebody that I knew, and she was coming close to me, and in my mind I'm like, oh my God, she's here again because like the person actually had as needs, and in my mind I was like, oh my God, she's coming to ask me. And you know, as I woke up from that dream, it was like I entered another um, whatever, and God was, the Spirit of God, and please don't say I'm wicked though, I'm sorry, but you know, the Spirit of God reveals us to us. Maybe in my mind, naturally I'm nice, but God sees that there's something in me that he needs to deal with. And the Spirit of God dealt with me and said, because of that, the Holy Spirit did not tell me she had any need though, but said, because of, this was during the weekend, the Holy Ghost said, because of this, your attitude, you are going to be a blessing to that person. And there was no way to do internet banking. And on a Monday, it was urgent in my spirit. I should go and give this person money. And the truth is, it's not as if I had so much. But the Holy Ghost said, go and give this person. So I walked into a bank and I paid the, I sent some money to her. And I just got him back into my car. And I got a call and she was crying. She said, how did you know that I had a need? She said, for three days, she and her family, they've been drinking, Gary. She said, my son is ill. I don't, I've not been able to take him to the hospital. And God just, how do you know? I mean, how, how? But that's the Holy Spirit. And so if you stay with God, God will put people on your, put, put you on people's minds. So the key the summary of it all is that we cannot afford to toy with in our work. We can't afford to be casual. Holy Ghost, thank you. No boundaries, no limits, open up. Let it call out to the opener Out of the Monday To where I'm all day With things that will make We're made from things unseen There are realms of glory For my world to see Dimensions found only In Jesus Christ the Son Tarness of my spirit, oh I am with the fire. Oh the Holy Ghost. Let's pray the I am with the Father. Oh, no boundaries, no limit. Oh, Let him call unto the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jealous of 